From the Mount Smart faithful to the bandwagon supporters and everyone in between, we share a special bond. The Warriors. And who better to talk about the team we love than a bunch of nobodies? Let's go, because this is Warriors Anonymous. G'day, it's your old mates from Warriors Anonymous. Welcome back to season, well, welcome back to episode two of season 2022. And, uh, well, uh, it hasn't really started in the best possible way. But, uh, you know, that, that, that's all right, fellas, because uh, it's a long season. And uh, just to make up for it, we have got a stacked show coming up here. So let's check in with the boys first of all. Let's go around the, the COVIDs, see how the old, the old vidis are doing. Daniel Farakura, how are you feeling, bro? Are you recovered? Chiarifano, uh, yeah, I've recovered from COVID. Haven't recovered from that pathetic display yesterday, let's be honest. Um, but I'm all good, boys. I'm all good. So, it's, only, it's only first game. Only first game. Yeah, fair enough. And you also uh, turned 40 this week, bro. How was, uh, how are you feeling? Yeah, feeling 48 right now. <laughs> Especially after yesterday. Now nah, I'm feeling good. Um, yeah, good to get over the 40s, eh? Yeah, bro. Here it comes, prime time. Isaac's the only one left. Speaking of Isaac, Isaac Sauce, welcome along, bro. How are you feeling? Uh, I think I'd rather have COVID than watch the Warriors play like that. Uh, doesn't, didn't really help. It was pretty, pretty painful, but I'm doing okay. I am COVID free and out uh, in society again, so that's nice to be out of the ISA. You back enjoying the uh, the coffee beans getting delivered to your place, or uh, <laughs> you got coffee beans to drink? I've had a couple of uh, coffees in the past few days, and they all taste pretty good. So just some normality will be nice. Yeah, it was good, bro. It sounded like you needed one last week when we caught up with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Dear, oh, dear. And we've also got uh, fit and healthy, I think, Monita Sauce. Hey, how's it going? Yep. I take yesterday's game as a trial game, so we didn't have a trial game in the preseason, so I'll pretend that's a trial game. What points? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a fairly overlooked kind of fact as well, bro. I mean, we... We had a fairly disrupted kind of preseason, to say the least. A lot of teams did, but uh, we were one of the teams who had, who did only have one trial game in the end. So that's never going to help things. However, uh, I guess when we're looking at the positives and negatives of the game, uh, that's you know that's not really a, um, a, a huge excuse. You kind of expect it a bit better. So let's go with the positives first of all, and we'll start with you, Isaac. What did you like about because you're our resident? Negative Nelly usually, so let's go for positives from you. Bro. What, what did you like from the game? For me. Why, why am I okay? Positive, think, think positive, positive thoughts, thoughts positive, positive thoughts. thoughts. Uh, Josh Cohen from the outset, amazing, you know. Um, let's turn a positive into a negative though. Where's everybody running off his shoulder? Because how many times does he have to half beat players or <laughs> poke his nose through the gap? Um, he's a one man, he's a one man army, he does it all. Um, so we just need. We need people just running off every every shoulder that he's got, you know, sniffing around. Um, and maybe that's something they'll come up with next week. But I thought he was amazing. Um, he had a really great game. And um, I think he's just going to come along leaps and bounds this year from the way I look at it. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. He was I was calling him clean up yesterday because he was just everywhere. He was making plays at the back end of the field. He was making breaks and just generally looking, you know, dangerous. And for him, I was actually a little bit worried what the effect might be on him going from the edge back into the middle. But <laughs> it don't matter. He's fine. He just carries on and just, just keeps on ripping up. So, um, so yeah, I absolutely agree with you on that one, bro. Um, Daniel, uh, what did you think about the uh, the forwards in general? Uh, overall, I think the full pack um, 
accounted for themselves pretty well, to be fair. Uh, we had uh, AFB leading from the front uh, from a metres perspective and just really tough, strong carries and obviously uh, poked his nose through and ran 50 metres in, in uh, one play. Um, I think Ali Katoa, I guess he scored that try and he got into the right position uh, for for SJ as well. So, look, I, I think he's still learning to put himself in that position, you know, not necessarily running that line that I guess will be successful for him. So he's, he's building that up. But I think overall they played pretty well. Uh, and if anything, you know, we'll talk a bit about it. You know, they, they were probably let down by the backs in that game. So, um, but a pass mark and, yeah, we look good. One thing they weren't let down by was the dropout of all dropouts in the second half. When we, we kicked that and it ended up being about 10 metres out from the uh, you know the Dragons line. But holy moly, that was the best drop kick I've ever seen in my life. Um, pity that we couldn't capitalise on that and move up and, and you know defend properly to, to slow them down and keep them back there. But uh, Moneta, did you, what did you see that you liked in the game, bro? Um, I could say one thing. It was great to see Sean Johnson back in the, uh, you know, in the halves. Um, I think he showed his worth. Um, he, I think he'll he'll know himself that there's a few things he needs to cut out of his game. I mean, he tried to do that one lob pass from the second or first tackle, I think, and um, you know maybe a bit of patience could have paid off a bit more in terms of you know helping to set up a try and so forth. But um, yeah, it was really good to see him, and obviously that kind of monster drop goal, <laughs> drop <laughs> drop kick. From our own, uh, you know, trial line, and um, yeah, and the probably the only mistake I saw R- Ravalawa make, you know, you couldn't stop the uh, ball from going into the, uh, you know, sideline. So, but yeah, no, it was good to see Sean Johnson back for me personally, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing who will partner. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it feels like the world is right again with him back in the Warriors jersey, um, him having Sean back and. I know, Daniel, you would have been smiling with pride, bro, because you were instrumental in bringing him back. Uh, you and our special guest on this episode, the mad butcher himself, Sir Peter Leach. Both of you boys were, uh, I think, probably the two guys who got the deal across the line in the end. But um, let's go to the uh, the negative side of things. Moneta, you just mentioned about patience, and maybe we didn't have em- enough of that. Uh, Daniel, what did you think, man? Yeah, look, I don't know. This is like an old school sort of notion in, in any kind of form of code, but you've got to you've got to earn the right, you know that term. And I think we just tried to play too much razzle dazzle without a, a solid foundation. Um, and, and actually, silly silly stuff like we went away from basic football that was actually, you know providing pretty, pretty good um, results for us as well. So for some reason, we felt like we had to score in every attacking position. Um, and, yeah, we just kind of yeah, – we didn't build pressure. Um, look, and they, they were just as bad in terms of mistakes as well, but they kind of tightened it up in the sort of latter half of the game and they got the chocolates as well. So, yeah, I just think we were, um, yeah, guilty of, of – trying to play like a team that's been playing for 20 games in a row that knows each other, um, you know, we, should, we needed to just lock it in a bit. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, I'm with you, man. I thought the opening sequence, like about the first five minutes or so, I just thought we looked great. I was like, hey, this is awesome. And then we just had a, a slightly forward pass, only very slightly, mind you, um, from uh, from Cody over to Marcelo. Um, 
and that just kind of popped the balloon. From there, we were we just started playing on skates. And um, yeah, Isaac, what did you think? Uh, what went wrong for us from there? I, I think it's just um, more of what Dan was talking about, just going away from just real simple footy. Uh, I thought in that second half, um, when Sean Johnson put that forty uh, twenty, you know, you'd be licking your lips and going, "All right, I'm just going to be long kicking all second half and just putting all the pressure back on them," you know, because it, it obviously worked. But they went away from it. Like I can't remember another long kick uh, in that second half from Sean Johnson um, to put any sort of pressure. Um, apart from that ninety-minute dropout, which was brilliant. But even on the back of that, the the defense was really lethargic. That was a perfect opportunity for them to fire up after seeing a ninety-meter dropout and really pin them in their own twenty-thirty. Instead, they just let them meander back over the fifty-meter mark. Um, you know, where's the intensity? You, you guys are behind. Uh, you've got the win behind you, which is points uh, in the bank for you. But they just didn't play like it. You know, they they went away from what was working for them in the, at the start of that second half, and they just weren't capitalizing. So that was really frustrating to see, to be honest. And especially when, like, the Dragons, they just showed us how to do it. They would have an average sort of kick. We'd run it back into our, you know, out to our 10-meter line. And man, they were just coming up and just smacking the crap out of us. And it was like, bro, these guys are, they're up for it. And they were just were intent on pinning us down, right down there. And you're right. We didn't have that same killer instinct when we had the opportunity to do it up the other end. So um, I, it, was, it was causing issues with that defense. Like they just put, put it in deep and just build pressure. And then they'd watch the Warriors just make mistakes. You get DWZ trying to hit it up and then offload it. And then it's a turnover. That's all built from just simple footy, you know. Just kick it deep, put some pressure on. I didn't see that from the Warriors. And arguably that's what Sean Johnson was brought for to help build pressure. Didn't really do that in the second half. Yeah, fair. And weren't really helped as well by errors, errors on errors on errors. Both teams, you know, we mentioned that both teams really had a lot of errors in them. Frankly, I was looking at the game thinking, I don't know if either of you deserve two points here, but um, that's by the by. Um, Moneta, what do you think um, is the key to try to rectify those sort of errors? Is it just a, a purely a mental thing, do you think? Um, no, I think it's it does. And I don't want to take it back to the Chaga, but maybe just kind of that Chaga might have helped get those kinks out. Maybe. Um, not an excuse, though. And I think it's probably more down to mental, probably. I mean, because they were very kind of, I wouldn't say small, small errors that cost a lot. So errors that if I looked back at, you know, they knew they could have, like, didn't have to throw the pass, didn't have to do that kick from the second, you know, um, oh. you know tackle, you know. And so there's all of it, all these things that didn't have to do, you know, Wailea didn't have to run in and, you know, tackle the guy who didn't have the ball yet. So it's could have, you know, they could have not done those mistakes. And the thing was, I didn't think Dragons played that well too. And to your point, Jerry, I don't think either, either you know, team deserved the two points. The only deciding factor was the wingers, I thought, especially uh, Rava Lawa was like the one deciding factor, I think, in the game. Yeah, he, he was pretty good. He's a... He's a tank. Oh, Mikhail, man, oh, man. Uh, our wingers probably had a little bit of a day they might not want to remember. But There's one thing I wanted to mention. I don't know if anyone saw the uh, Tigers-Storm game after. Um, the Tigers 
got out to you know quite a, quite a good lead on the Storm, but then all it took was for the Storm to get back was just to stick to a game plan and just grind the Tigers into the dust, you know. And they, I know they're the Storm, and they're an amazing team. They're well coached. They're just um, class from um, top top to bottom, but they do it because they stick to a game plan and they believe in it and they don't veer far from it. With the Warriors, I think if things don't go their way, they switch it up too soon instead of just sort of backing themselves um, to just, you know, implement the game plan and at some point in time during the game it will pay off. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to add to that as well. Uh, kind of feeling, well, I know it's only round one, but there's a little bit of a feeling in me. Like I think in previous seasons, well, I don't, and I don't think, I don't see how it's made that many mistakes and, and not respect the footy and not respect and grind. You know, we might have had lesser teams in previous seasons as well, but I, I got a sense that, yeah, like this team needs to wake up and realise they're playing uh, in the NRL and you've got to play, you know, teams, you know, like the Storm who will grind you out, who lost players all last night. You know, they were down two men, uh, a third in the second half of the, of the um, well, back end of the second half. They just ground it out, and you know, I guess, yeah, it scared me a little bit to just to kind of say, hold on, what, it felt felt like we played like this five years ago under Cooney or when we had Cooney, and I was like, oh, guys, we, you know, we were tougher last year. It felt like we didn't. It felt like we didn't respect the conditions. Like it was, it was clearly quite windy and, and a bit tricky out there. Yet we were still trying to do cross kicks and cut out passes and whatnot, and we were getting found out about on it because. You know, we were either dropping it or it was floating forward or whatnot. But um, we actually need to move along. Isaac, have you got this week's edition of The Expense Account? (laughs) In this week's expense account, a couple of interesting facts from Greg. First of all, for all of you that are taking this first round loss pretty hard, um, do not fret in the eight seasons that the Warriors have made the playoffs. They've lost in round one 63% of the time. So hang in there. Woo-hoo! We've still got a chance. Yes. Um, 63% is a pretty high um, probability. We're better off now from having we lost are, that game. As funny, as funny as it sounds, we are better off. Um, but on the <laughs> flip side of that, Nathan Brown has a win rate of just 32% for the Warriors, which has him at the lowest all-time rate out of all Warriors coaches who have coached in more than two games. So, um, yeah, take what you want out of those two facts. Choose which one suits okay. you best. But uh, that is your expense account. It's a bet. Everyone's wondering what the hell's going on. We started a rule that every time we said the title of that little segment, we needed to do some sound effects. So uh, we hope you enjoyed that. Uh, now, also... Uh, we've got a little bit of a controversial um, sort of subject this week because there's been a bit of chat around the place, especially I've noticed a lot of it here in Australia, uh, and that is around the Warriors getting potentially getting the wooden spoon. A lot of people are picking them to, to be spooning at the end of the year. So let's go hard on uh, around the boys. Moneta Sauce, are we going to be getting the wooden spoon this year? No, but if we keep on playing the way we did in the second half, yes. <laughs> so no. <laughs> I'll be no. I'll be different. Oh boy. Okay. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> so, so nah. Okay, good. Daniel Farakura, what are your thoughts, bro? No, no, but um, I think the first round has shown that um, anyone can win on the day. 
you know, I guess there was a period last year where you just knew the top six were untouchable. And I'm not saying that's not the case now. You know, Panthers looked amazing. Um, but, yeah, Warriors don't just rely on the dogs being shit. The Tigers played well uh, last night. Um, the Cowboys, you know, they look a lot better this year. Um, the Dragons were meant to be, you know, the uh, soft touch this year. They weren't. So um, the standard is is up. And, yeah, yeah, we need to, we need to step up. And finally, Isaac Sauce. Harona, are we going to get the wooden spoon? I'm going to be controversial here. I'm going to go right down the middle and make it a nard oh. or ha. Um, just after seeing <laughs> some nerd. of the t- teams that we were, uh, you know, this year that looked like cellar dwellers that I had picked, um, not look too bad with the likes of Newcastle running over the Roosters and whatnot. And the way that we played, um, if we keep playing like we did yesterday, we're cruising for the spoon. If we, if we can learn from yesterday, then we are top eight. But it's a very fine line. I'm just going to put in the last word here before we go to the break. Just put my little Greg Spence hat on. We've never had the wooden spoon in our history, so we ain't getting to this year, fellas. Oh, fuck. you've just done it. You've just done it. <laughs> Commentators, curse. Nah, Commentators, curse. We're all G, bro. We're all G. <laughs> yeah, Sweet, fellas. Well, um, let's jump out now because we've got a special guest joining us in just a few moments. Rugby league royalty. In fact, yeah, League just basically runs through his veins. He is an absolute legend of the game. That is the mad butcher, Sir Peter Leach. So we're going to be coming back and chatting with him in just a few moments here on Warriors Anonymous. All right, welcome back to Warriors Anonymous. As promised earlier, we've got a very special guest. We have the one and only Rugby League legend himself, the Warriors' biggest fan, no, 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 don't say that. A warrior fan. A warrior, warrior fan. And, and humble to boot, the Mad Butcher, Sir Peter Leach. How are you going, mate? Good, mate. The reason I make that point, there are a lot of beautiful fans. On Facebook, and incidentally, you can follow me on Facebook, Sir Peter Charles Leach, okay? Um, I, I put a post out, and uh, first of it was the two, I had the two jerseys, you know, what jerseys shall I wear? And then I put one up sitting in my lounge with all my warrior gear on, ready for the game, and got inundated with calls. I spent about five hours replying to people. But some of those people look just incredible fans. And I want to tell you this about one particular lady. Her name's Lorraine. She lives in Christchurch. She used to fly up to every home game at Mount Smart. I think she's about 18 now. And she used to fly up to every home game and not rich people, they would book their tickets. As soon as the draw come out, they would get on the and see who had the cheapest airfares. And they were and so there's many good fans. And I I get embarrassed and offended being called the number one fan because there are many good fans that people don't know about. So that's why I, I make that point. Yeah. Good man. No, good man. Yeah, humble to boot as well, mate. So um, just just as a side note, I would have probably voted for the Bush shirt. The uh, the black and yellow one that was my personal favourite. Hey, hey, it, mate, that wasn't part of the boat. <laughs> <laughs> I had two new. I brought two new, I brought two new Puma shirts at Mount Smart last week, and I held them up and I said, "Which one should I wear?" One was the home game, and one was the away jersey, and the blue one won the vote. So that uh, look, the Wellington jersey, of course, has. Special feelings for me because I'm a Wellingtonian. You know, I think it was Ben Matalino we flew to Wellington and we gave it to the, the the Prime Minister John Key at the time. 
So I remember that quite well because my memory is going, guys, to be fair. Yeah. And knowing that you're from Wellington and you know, growing up in Wellington, so take us back to, to, to the time when you started playing sports and, uh, and, and why did you and how did you develop your passion around rugby league? <laughs> you're a funny guy, mate. <laughs> mate. Mate, to be fair, I didn't play a lot of sport. I played a bit of softball. I played oh, a okay. little All bit right. of softball for Island Bay. Did a little bit of wrestling for a club in, called Kilburnie Gym over in Kilburnie. And uh, to be honest with you, I never had a lot of confidence when I was in Wellington. It was when I left Wellington to go to Auckland uh, that I gained confidence. And I, I opened a little shop in Rosella Road, Mangry. And the local league club used to buy a little bit of meat off me. And one day the guy said to me, how about sponsoring us? And I had no idea what sponsorship was. Yep. He said, well, you give us some meat packs and we'll give you a plug at the club. So that's okay. We've done that. Wasn't making a lot of money in those days, I might add. And so he said to me one day, why don't you come down to the club? So I go down to the club to drink a line, read out the court bottles, my sort of people. And that's where the rugby league journey started. But I started off just being a small sponsor, then a major sponsor. Uh, I, I managed the team for a couple of years uh, and then, you know, went on to bigger things in rugby league. Yeah. So how did you link up with the Warriors? What was that journey like? How did that come about? By the time the Warriors come up, I, I built a reputation, uh, not only in Auckland, to be fair, around New Zealand about with my rugby league. Mm-hmm. And um, to be fair, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I know the first year, I don't want to mention names because we might get sued for libel or what. There was a particular person involved that wasn't keen on having me involved, but the then CEO, who was a guy called Ian Robson, who I'm still in touch with now, he's running rowing in, uh, rowing in Australia, a real good guy. He approached me and said, look, we need you because people are asking, where are you? But I always remember the first night I cried. I could not believe we had a crowd like that for rugby league. It was just unbelievable, you know, and I was on the bank. But uh, then from there it sort of grew and then they um, – I am the 19th Vodafone Warrior. They retired that on my behalf. And they also gave me if – you, if you play for the club for uh, 100 games, you get a ring, which I got uh, – they gave me that ring for what I do for the club. So uh, that's how I got involved. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, no, awesome, awesome. Yeah. And legend, Polo, legend. Hearing about your, the memories of, you know, seeing the jam-packed crowd and so forth. What other memories do you have in the association Warriors that kind of spark up, you know? Going to the two finals, you know. One of the finals, I think Mick Watson was the CEO and for some, for some reason he sent me, he sent me in the, as the advance guard to Aussie. And uh, I remember doing an interview one day and there's about six TV cameras there <laughs> and about 10 reporters, you know, <laughs> like a rock star. And, and the thing about me, this may amaze you, but I actually don't know a lot about rugby league. There's no question I have a great passion for the game. But see, rugby league for me was my turnoff away from my business because mm. when I started my business, and I'm not joking, I suffer with dyslexia. I, I, you know, I didn't do too well at school. I went to Wellington Tech and I was in the lowest class, you know. Um, and um, I don't know me off that time table. So it was really hard work building the business. It wasn't easy. And so 
going to a game was my relaxation. And uh, that kept me sane, to be fair. Don't quote me because I am mad, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) When did you you get the nickname, the Mad Butcher? There used to be a guy on radio in Auckland called Tim Bitterstaff. He had a great knowledge of, uh, on Radio Pacific, and he had a great knowledge of sport, and uh, he um, used to drink a bottle of vodka a night on air, you know. He had the odd, I think he had the odd DYC in his day. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but a good guy. So he, um, one night he made a, 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 I happened to be listening and made a comment about my Mangry's talks. So I rang him up the next night on air and I said, hey, mate, you're very tough in your little studio there. I said, bagging the team. I said, uh, you know, we're playing so-and-so this week. Do you want to have a bet? So he said, yeah. Well, I left the, no, this is how dumb I am. I left the blank check there signed, all right, I said, I'll have a bit with you. And a mate of mine rang the next day after I left the check there and said, mate, you know he's a professional gambler. He bets some thousands of dollars. Well, to say I nearly pooed my pants would be an understatement because <laughs> I didn't have a lot of money in those days. So I started to have, you know, $100, $200 bets with him. And, and to be fair, in those days it was a lot of money and I wasn't making a lot of money. And one day he said to me, you always had to pay him in the Worry Trust Hotel in the private bar. So I go over to pay him this night, and uh, he said to me, why don't you do some advertising with me? And I thought, oh, I can't afford advertising. So we know him that night, and I thought about it, and I thought, if I don't gamble with him, I can spend that 200 on advertising every week. So I went back a couple of weeks later and said, oh, mate, I'll, I'm not going to gamble anymore, but I'll, I'll start, you know, I'll spend maybe $400 a week or something like that. And with that, a guy walked past in the bar and said, there's the effing mad butcher. I said, that will do me. He said, I know, we can't use the effing word, but we'll call him Mad <laughs> So we started off, it was Rosella meets the home of the Mad Butcher, and that worked okay. But then another uh, guy called Gordon Dryden said to me, who was very famous in broadcasting and that, and a very bright man, he said to me, you really need one name, you either the Mad Butcher or Rosella meets one of the two. So I changed it to the Mad Butcher, and it took off like wildfly because I was a bit mad. And I said some stupid things on the radio. And people would travel from all over Auckland to come and look at this idiot. And um, I had the ability to embarrass them to buy meat. So the sales went up. And it, look, it was start of a wonderful journey. I mean, at one stage, David Longy, the Prime Minister, lived about, uh, I think, four doors down from the shop. And I'd go on the radio and I'd say, oh, do you come out and buy your meat at uh, the Mad Butcher 268 Massey Road? I'll even take you down and show you the Prime Minister's house. People come out, you know. But the secret, the secret to my advertising was I would get, say, 30 seconds. I would spend 15 seconds promoting rugby league, 15 seconds promoting the meet. And that's how things really started to escalate here. But, look, I've had a wonderful journey. I mean, the biggest journey I've you, you talk about with the Warriors – you know, going to the grand final and being the advanced press man and that sort of thing. But, of course, managing the Kiwis in 2005 when we beat Australia 24-0 has to go down. I even put a book out from winners to losers or something here. And I met so many good people, you know. Brilliant, mate. That's that's really cool. Just about to ask you about that uh, that 2005 campaign. How was it like, amongst the, you know, the sheds with the boys and that? Oh, mate, it was fantastic. We had a great bunch of guys. We had a great coach, Brian McLennan. We had a fantastic captain, Ruben Wickey. And we had some wonderful players. And 
we got them together. I got them together before we left, and I said, look, if you're going away to get on the booze, this ain't the tour for you. You want to get out now. We're going away to win. And uh, we, we had a great tour. We, uh, we only had one night on the booze. When we first got to England, we went out and had a few beers. And, uh, mate, the guys really done well. And, you know, we had a, a rocky start. We lost a couple of games. And I remember at the airport we were flying out and a guy said to me, hey, Butch, you waste your time. You guys won't win anything. And I said to Brian, I said, hey, what that guy said, Brian? He said, don't you worry about it, Butch. We're going to win this. And Brian's a wonderful, wonderful person, you know. The tour was fantastic. And then, of course, in 2006, we just got pipped at the post in the final. Mm. And um, I wasn't going to do a book on that one. And Dean Lonigan said to me, who's a good mate of mine, he's the only rugby league player in the world that's had a dance named after him, the Dean Lonigan show. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I actually held his hand after the game, to be fair. But he said to me, that would be the best test match I've ever seen. Now, Dean Lonigan's not the sort of guy will pee in your pocket. He's straight shooter. And I thought, hmm, that means I'll have to do another book. So I'd done another book. You know, I can't remember what it was called. So I'd done two books, which were very good sellers, to be fair. I remember that, uh, that test match well. I think it was, it was at 1991. I was watching it at uh, Daniel's Place. And we were going absolutely <laughs> bonkers watching that game. And, uh, yeah, oh, boy, uh, an all-time of the year. I've got the next question there, Butch. Um, so outside of the Warriors and, you know, the, the Kiwis campaign and, you know, your, your success in the business world, you've also done a lot of charity work over the years. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Look, I've just done what I can afford. I, You know, I'm not a knight in shiny armour. You know, as I say, the greatest give you anyone is your time. And I've given a lot to that to people. But I, I would do what I could. And what I've done in the end, I set up a trust called the Mad Butcher Suburban Newspapers Community Trust. And through that, we've done some really great work. You know what I mean? But you just do it because you want to do it. You, you don't do it because you want to brag about it or that. And, mate, to be honest, I forget most of the stuff I've done. People come up to me and say, oh, do you remember them? Well, no, I don't. You know, and uh, you, you get you get some self-satisfaction helping people, you know, like mm. doing a bit of good. So it's been That's an interesting nice. journey and... Uh, I don't do as much now because the wife controls the money now. So uh, that's a, you know. I know, I know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling. Can I, go, can I go and buy some more Coke No Zero beer? <laughs> Give me the money? Yeah. No, it's, yeah, look, it's been an interesting journey and I, I've had good people around me. I think if we all give a little, we can make a difference in the world. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm sure a lot of people remember your efforts, so we've got to thank you for that. Um, outside of the charity work as well, you used to host uh, the Mad Butcher Club at Mount Smart for 22 years, and you've even got your own museum. So what sort of incredible memories can you take uh, take away from your 22 years with the Mad Butcher Club? Right. Firstly, the museum's gone, and most of that gear is at Mount Smart in the West End. So if you go to Mount Smart, you can go up and look at it, Okay. The lounge, well, you'll have me crying, mate. It was just incredible because I've given away because you can't. We're so PC now. you got to be careful what you say. And, you know, it's a bloody nightmare for an old dodger like me. You know, I'm, sick, I'm going on 78. But it's fair to say the Mad Butcher Lounge, what's it, what's it? let me just correct this. In the last few years, it was hosted in the Stacey Jones Lounge, but it was called the Mad Butcher Club. And, mate, we had some fun. I tell you how good it was. Melbourne Storm tried to copy it, 
in Melbourne, and they had to they had to can it. And they said to me, "Look, we don't have a mad butcher," <laughs> and, and that's because I've earned respect of people, and I get away with stuff that other people couldn't. And uh, but we never set out to insult anyone. We raise, here again, we raised some money for charity in there. We'd have a donation table, and uh, we had some good visitors. We had prime ministers, and anyone that come knew they were going to get grilled. And I remember, <laughs> I can't remember his name, but the guy that was the, the, the CEO of the uh, NRL, an English guy, uh, good dude, he came to me out smart and he said, oh, can you make sure the butcher eases up on me? And the CEO said, then we won't go because that's, it's his domain and he rules, he's the king. And uh, he came up and he, I treated them a little bit softer, you know, but no, look, look great memories, uh, great memories, uh, just a, a wonderful experience. And the club were very good to me. They they never interfered. And we used to get players up there. We'd get teams up there and, yeah, a lot of laughs. Yeah, but a lot of, <laughs> a lot of good memories. But if you do come oh. to Mount Smart in the West End, on the first floor, you can see a lot of the gear there. Yeah. Definitely sure to check it all out. Now, you said you, you had three things in your life, you know, you your family, your business, and your rugby league. And, you know, from amazing work that you've done across all of those facets, you're actually knighted in 2010. What was that all like, mate? Well, here again, quite funny. Let me let me just stress to you so you, you, you get this. I never done things to get awards. That was never in the thing. When I got the QSM, that was, you know, very exciting for me because – as you know, I'm from Wellington and my grandma used to live in front of Government House and I went down there and uh, Kath Tizard was the uh, Governor General at the time and, we, you know, got a new suit, new shoes, new undies, everything, mate. You know, it was a very special day. And my wife said to me, now, don't you make a dick of us, you know. <laughs> so I, I go up to get the, the, the medal and uh, Dame Kath, you boys wouldn't remember her, but she was a hard case. She leans over to me and said to me, I thought you would have bought the bloody barbecue and sausages down to cook a feed for us. And, of course, I cracked up laughing and the wife blamed me. She blamed me for making a dick, but it was just funny. But, you know, <laughs> let, me, let me just tell you, I'll get on to the knighthood, but the highlight of getting the QSM, they put you in a room where all the other people are getting the Queen's Service Medal. And all those people have done wonderful things for the community. Like I remember there was a lady from Pyrua that used to knit for different charities. Just a beautiful lady. And the people in the room were all lovely people. And you don't get that very often. But the knighthood was funny. I, I certainly never expected it. And uh, I got a letter. And I think John Key was the Prime Minister at the time. And he rang me. He said, what are you going to do about the knighthood? We haven't heard back. I said, I thought it was a bloody joke, mate. You know, and it wasn't a joke. And I wasn't going to take it. And he talked me into it. He said, A, it would be good, A, for the butchery trade, you know, there's been no butcher knighted in New Zealand. John Kerwin was the second butcher, all right? The second butcher. <laughs> I was the first butcher. Um, and he said it would be good for rugby league and be good to your own family. And that taught me into doing it, yeah. And, I mean, the thing with the knighthood, a lot, a lot of people think you get a lot of perks, you know. You don't get perks. What you do get is respect. Like the NRL started to treat me a lot better, you know. So that, that's all about the knighthood, you know. Uh, as I say, the only time you expect to be called Sir Peter is if you're at a 
special function. And I, I have a lot of fun with it. My bloke, a, a mate of mine said to my wife the other day, mate, I can't work him out. If I call him sir, he says to me, don't be a bloody wanker. <laughs> if I call him Peter, he say, hey, 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 it's sir. <laughs> and my wife just said, that's him. You know, just get used to it. Yeah. I have a lot of fun with it. But it has, it has got me a lot more respect because when you've got a name like the Mad Butcher and you act the idiot, and I can be an idiot at times, you know, you don't get respected quite as good, but it, it certainly helped in that category, yeah. That's awesome, man. Really awesome. Uh, Butch, we ran a campaign midway through last year um, when we, we heard Sean Johnson was uh, off contract um, or, or being shopped around by Cronulla. Uh, we ran a massive campaign here to to bring SJ back. Um, and I, I believe it broke on your social media. You were having lunch with him when the news came out. Um, so I just wanted to, to, to ask you a bit about that and, and your involvement in, in bringing home SJ. Well, to be fair, mate, we had uh, we had lunch and I said to him, uh, Sean, I don't want you to go, mate. I said, I'll give you a free meat for the rest of your life. I'll give you a $50 petrol voucher each week. The truth <laughs> of the matter was that was just lunch for two mates. A lot of respect for Sean and I think he has respect for me. Uh, and we had... And it was, I think it was about two days later, it broke out inside the club and I'm getting phone calls. <laughs> oh, which, thank you very much. Because I put it on social media, you know, because I like, uh, as I've got older, I do like social media. I'm just about 20 people away from 30,000 on Facebook following me now. Awesome. Um, oh, wow. But yeah, look, it was a funny thing. And uh, Sean's a, a lovely guy, you know, and uh, he got a very nice family. I mean, his mum and dad, and he's got a lovely wife and that, and yeah. It's good to have him back, and the fans are so pleased to have him back in the colours, you know, yeah. But I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> nice, mate, nice. Well, we, do, we do thank your involvement there, and uh, what's been floated around recently is a potential second team for New Zealand in the NRL. So keen to get your thoughts on what a second team would be like, and there's also rumours of that being a Wellington team. So how that would affect your loyalties, mate? Look, it wouldn't affect my loyalty because I'm a warrior fan till the day I die. I personally don't think New Zealand's big enough for two teams. You know, uh, in the last few years, we haven't been selling out Mount Smart Stadium every week. You know what I mean? And if you split the if you split the fans, it's going to make it weaker. You know what I mean? But only time will tell. But personally, I don't think New Zealand's big enough. And if there was a team in Wellington, I would support them. But I would always be a Warrior fan until the day I die. You know, that's... I've, I've, I've got so many memories with that club, so many good times, a few bad times. You can't take that away. That's one of the joys of getting old. You have good and bad memories. And uh, one of you boys talked about the lounge. Well, mate, the memories just flow back, you know. I could actually write a book about it if I had time. I'd be. I'd buy that book, Shane. Yes, <laughs> you yes, read that book for sure. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. And, and look, I guess the, the, one of the big questions we've got is, uh, what's the plan for the Butch when we finally win the comp, mate? Oh, what don't say that. I'd have a bloody heart attack and die, mate. Oh, <laughs> I wish don't I do that. that. Don't do that. Mate. God's sake, mate. <laughs> um, you know, I just hope that I get to the game. I hope that COVID's gone and we can get to the game. We've got a bit of work to do. This COVID certainly put a spanner in the works, you know, with the team being an Aussie. Like, look, I'll give an example. Last week, where they were, the ground was flooded, so they, they were going to travel. They travelled an hour and a half to another place to train. They get there. 
and overnight had to pee down and the, and the ground was flooded. So they had to drive all the way back. They couldn't train. You know, people don't know what the teams, not only our team, but other teams have been going through in COVID because of COVID and circumstances and the weather and all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? And we should give a shout out to those people in Australia that have been hit mm. by the floods because it's terrible. But I mean, but um, yeah, look, I, I, I just hope I can get a VIP pass when I we when we get in the final because I tell you what it is when you've had the run of the stadiums, it's not very nice queuing up to get a ticket. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. One year when we did play in the final, or it might have been the semi final. I actually gave away a whole lot of tickets outside the stadium. Yeah, oh. it was crazy. Every Marion Sydney turned up. <laughs> it was great. It was fantastic, fantastic. All semi cousins of mine, you see, it was great. Yeah. So we just have to wait and see, boys. It's, uh, yeah. I'll be honest, I don't think that will be this year, but I can see it happening in a couple of years, a final. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Keep yeah. the faith. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll be there with you, mate. Um, now, mate, in your own words, just just what do the, the Vodafone Warriors mean to you? Oh, they mean grief, happiness, sadness. You're all of that in one. You know, that's, yeah, you know, it's my team. Look, to be honest, you're all, you're all young, but you really have to go to England to find out what a real fan is. Those rugby league fans over there are just outstanding. And if we had more time, I could tell you some stories about people I've met, how they sleep, eat their club, you know what I mean? No, look, the, the team's brought me a lot of happiness, a lot of grief, and a lot of fun. Yeah. I wear the gear with pride, and I buy it. I don't get it free like you thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought that. <laughs> Way to go, G. Jeez. It's insinuated oh, that. <laughs> no, not at all. No, mate. No, um, look, um, just a, a massive thank you to you. Um, obviously, we've got more stories, but we're running short on time. So we might just have to get you back another time, you know. Um, but thank you so much for chatting to us you, tonight, man. mate. And um, yeah, hope you go well and um, and enjoy a few more Warriors wins on, uh, on Waiheke Island. Oh, well, that's it, boys. And uh, thanks for your time. And uh, I've enjoyed being on your show. And uh, Next time, dress up, mate. Dress up, mate. <laughs> 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 That's hilarious. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Thank Ta-da. you, Rich. Ta-da. Ta-da. See you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so wow, fellas, how was that? Sir Peter Leach, the mad butcher, humble Ooh. as they come. Man, what, a, what an awesome dude. Some great stories there. Uh, he was giving Isaac a bit of grief before um, before we started recording as well about his haircut. So, he loved the name though. He loved the name Saucy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, somewhere close to his heart. And we'll just have to remember if we get him back, man. We have to dress up. That's uh, that's obviously you know we'll uh, we'll get dressed up for the nines. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very very cool. Um, yeah, so honoured to to have him, you know, give him give his time to us. That's uh, you know, yeah. um, really really awesome. So um, I guess moving on to uh, this coming week of football, we're heading into week two against the old Gold Coast Titans. Um, 
So I, I guess, fellas, uh, before we even get into that, I'm just going to do a quick say my name, say my name for one of the Titans players who will be taking on next week. Uh, because I've heard his name said by the commentators and they're just, <laughs> they're ironically, they are butchering it. Um, so they keep calling him Moyaki Furuaika, the prop forward. And that's not correct at all. Uh, his, uh, his name is Tongan. So uh, correct, correct pronunciation. I can't even say the word correct. Anyways, uh, correct pronunciation is Moeaki Fotoaika. You fellas got the, the phonetics there? Moeaki. Moeaki Fotoaika. Moeaki Fotoaika. Moeaki Fotoaika. For close? More like I. Fotoaika. Fotoaika. There you go. Moyaki Fodoaika. Perfect, bro. That's the one. That's awesome. So he's going to be one of the Titans that we'll take on next week. Um, uh, Isaac, what did you think of uh, the Titans game uh, against the the Eels in round one? Bit of a high scorer. (laughs) Pretty pretty loose game. It was all over the place if if anyone saw it. Um, Entertaining. They look like they've got a good team. Uh, They're number seven, Toby Saxton. He's played maybe seven or eight games of uh, NRL, but he already looks like a, a seasoned pro. He was just running that team around. Um, so, yeah, they'll be threatening for the Warriors. It's another good test for them. Um, they look a little bit loose on defense, so the Warriors can take advantage of that, but they've got strike uh, across the park. So Warriors be on high alert, and Warriors just need to step up from where they were yesterday if they're going to compete. For sure. And uh, Moneta, what's the key sort of work-ons do you think we have going into the Titans game? Let's have a look at personnel. What are we going to do? Are we going to make uh, – there's obviously a couple of changes coming with, you know, Reese coming back. Uh, would you make any other changes, I don't know, around maybe the halves or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, for me, I don't – well, let's be honest. Uh, for me, I don't think Cody showed enough. And I do think he's a bit of a liability on defense. I, I know he played better on defense, but you always get this inkling that you know that he's going to miss, miss a tackle. And uh, I just don't think he's showing enough on attack. So I think it's either between Ash or uh, CHT in the halves and so forth. And they just need to get those little mistakes out of the game. So, yeah. yeah, fair, absolutely. And um, Daniel, what do you um, what do you what do you think is the key to you know turning things around for us and and you know, knocking the Titans back down. Yeah, I think uh, Isaac mentioned that you know, in the game they played just before, and we knew from last season, right? In all of last season, they can put points on, um, so they've got a strike all over the park. Um, but they also can leak points too, you know, defensively. So we just had to starve them on the ball. Um, and I, I think classically, I think I said last week as well, we've just made too many tackles week on week on week. As well, and this is the time where we need Sean Johnson to, you know, to do what he did against us when we played. He played against us for the Sharks, where he stabbed us with the ball. You know, we had five or six set, um, dropouts from goal line as well. Once we can build that for, sort of pressure, then look, we know we can score points against him. Uh, just can't give them the ball, especially um, for feeder. You know, he's got to. We just know what he can do. So, starve him with the ball, um, and we'll go a long way winning. Yeah, for sure. Uh, in terms of speaking of David Fifita, I actually had him in my um, 
my fantasy team uh, just by chance. So, we might. Just me. It's it's sweet, sweet fantasy baby. <laughs> so um, Isaac, we were we was at the time of this recording. We're still um, like about half a game to go in terms of games on the round. So, how are the uh, you know the fantasy teams looking? I know that you're you uh, you'd put up a bit of a cricket score by sure the looks. Better than the cricket score. Uh, as of <laughs> right now, with the with one half to go in the uh, Bulldogs and um, North Queensland game. The top scorer so far for the round is ah Jaden Eagle zero six Warriors. <laughs> he is one point ahead of me, the prick, because uh, I am eight fifty one. Oh, you're not a prick, Jaden. We love you. You're doing a great job. And let's go to the lowest score. The lowest score of the round goes Uh-oh. to a Paul Rowe. Sorry, Paul. Maybe oh, next week, cool. but l- loving. Uh, Loving the uh, that, the fantasy, and uh, hope everyone's enjoying it. Sorry, Jaden, you're a good man. You're killing it. That's just the sweet, sweet fantasy baby <laughs> that turns Isaac into to someone else. <laughs> uh, that's awesome, man. All right, boys. Well, um, yeah, we're we're flat out of time. Awesome show again. Chatting to the Mad Butcher. What an honor. Uh, let's do our final goodbyes for the evening. Let's go to you first, Moni de Sauce. Oh, sorry, I thought uh, my wife was just talking to me to be quiet, but um, <laughs> I'll, see, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> see you, man. And also, Isaac Sauce. Thanks for the uh, the uh, old podcast today. Absolute pleasure talking to the uh, the Mad Butcher. feel really honoured to have that opportunity. And, and the presence of greatness, well, you know, via a Zoom call, but all good. Um, and Daniel Farakura. Yeah, kia ora whanau, and um, you know, have, a, have a good week. Um, great to talk to the Butcher. I was, uh, it was pretty close to calling you a dickless fucking wonder, but uh, he held that back after you, uh, well, he, I think he, he, he thought you thought he just gets free gears, but um, no, he's a good man. And look, week one, boys, look, you know, the season's still alive and kicking, it's even one day, so chin up. That's right. Nobody has won the premiership this week, so we'll live on to fight another day. Uh, my name is Jerry Crone, and we are going to bounce on out of here. Thanks for joining us on Warriors Anonymous. Check us out on the Facebook page. Play the sweet, sweet fantasy, baby. Do do whatever you want. It's, um, yeah, it's, <laughs> we got the Titans coming up next week, and I reckon I reckon we can turn it around. Well, maybe we'll see how it goes. We'll catch you fellas next week. Go the Warriors! Go the Warriors! Fucking man! Fucking man! Great to have we.